This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 141 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com and Uncle Jimmy's at uncle-jimmy's.com. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, Helena. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Okay. Well, we're going to have a little something a little bit different for everybody today on Stable Scoop. It is Rolex week, which means my time is uh, very limited. Matter of fact, we're recording this on Tuesday, and I'm heading out to the park to get set up because we are doing a whole lot of live recording. If uh, uh, This show will probably come out a little bit early. Uh, Thursday the 28th through the May the 1st, we will be doing Horses in the Morning live for an hour and a half every morning from Rolex. You can listen to that at thehorseradionetwork.com. And then in the evenings, we're doing the Eventing Radio Show live from 4 to 5.30. So we have three hours of coverage coming every day from Rolex on the Horse Radio Network. You'll want to join us. We're going to have some great guests. The morning show will be a little, like the morning show is, a little lively and fun and not so serious. And then in the evening, we'll let Chris do all the serious crap. Uh, <laughs> she can do all the reviews and the scores and that stuff. We're going to do the fun stuff. You know, oh. so. So uh, we're going to be talking to a lot of neat people and doing a lot of great interviews. We're going to be set up right in the vendor area in the old indoor arena in the trade fair. So that's nice. People, if you're coming to Rolex, you'll be able to come watch us doing our shows over at the trade fair. We appreciate it. If if you would uh, stop by and say hi, we would love to see you. So that's what's going on. So today we're going to do something a little different. And we're going to be bringing you one of the most downloaded shows that we've ever had here at the Horse Radio Network. And that was a show that Chris did last week with uh, Courtney King Dye. Mm. Um, it was the first time that Courtney has spoke out for as long as she did, for almost an hour, about her fall last year. She's an international dressage rider that uh, fell and had a serious brain injury. She was in a coma for a long time, and now she's working to come back to lead a normal life. Um, and she did this interview. She was a trooper to do it because she does get tired still. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's somewhat, it's a little difficult to understand her when, when she's talking. You're going to have to pay close attention to this one. But it's been, as I said, one of the most downloaded episodes we've ever had. And I just thought it was important to share her struggles, just if nothing else, to remind people, put on that darn helmet, because she said this would not have ha- happened had she been wearing a helmet. Uh, and she explains that normally she did, but this was a horse that had never done anything wrong before, was a little older, and she trusted. And mm-hmm. isn't that what you always hear, Helena? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what you hear is, well, you know, I've had this horse forever. Well, your forever horses can spook, too. And, and it's not even just spooking. They can trip. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, just whatever. Um, so... We wanted to bring it to you because we thought it was important, and it was a fascinating interview. You're going to be at the edge of your seat, and we're, you know, I was proud of Chris for doing this interview. She handled it very well, and Courtney, as I said, was a trooper. You'll hear her husband for a little bit talking about his struggles. He's been with her every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You'll also hear that their insurance has run out, and she's still in three different kinds of therapy um, mm-hmm. because she basically used it. 
Uh, so they'll talk about that too. So there's a lot coming up. If you want to hear an update on Helena's injuries and uh, <laughs> woes that we talked about last week on Stable Scoop, head on over to Tack and Habit and listen to this week's Tack and Habit show. Uh, and we talked about it quite a bit there. We don't want to shortchange you. Uh, you can head over to Tack and Have It List in the beginning of that, and uh, then you can cry along with Helena and Courtney both. <laughs> so. Oh, please, I am nothing on Courtney. That's no. true. That in is any, true. In e- any area. <laughs> That's true. No. That is so true. You know, when you hear Courtney on this show, you realize all your little aches and pains don't really matter much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No. And, and I'm not saying yours is a little ache and pain. You pretty much broke everything in your knee you can break. So, yeah. uh, that's not little, uh, but it's not my head. It's yeah. Not you know head. what? You can think that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. So, and I've had the, uh, neurological problems in the past and that's not much fun. That's no, that's, I, I, people yeah. would say I still do Jamie probably most consistently, um, and Jennifer, but and the other thing is you want to listen to Tack and Have It is you'll hear all about my birthday adventure that Jennifer got for me. That's awesome. I love that. I love it. That's all I'm going to say. You got to go to Tack and Have It and hear about all about my birthday adventure. Let me say I crossed something off my bucket list. I think you're very lucky to be able to, to have a wife that helped you do that. Yes. She worked hard on that one because <laughs> it's hard to surprise <laughs> me with anything. So I think that's about it. Let's. you want to just get to the Courtney interview? I think, uh, yeah, because I'm... I, Personally, have not yet heard it, so I'm really looking forward to hearing this. Okay, and we'll be back again next week. Helene and I back live with with some new guests and some and a lot of fun. So we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week, Helena. We will indeed. Thanks, everybody. Hello, I'm Chris Stafford, and our special guest this week is Courtney King Dye. Courtney, welcome, welcome back, I should say, to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. You know, you've been on a couple of times now, but we were looking forward to this week and making this episode all about your story because I know you were very keen and very ready to come on to the radio show to tell us exactly your journey as it really has been, hasn't it? It's been a huge journey for you. So do you want to yep. start, Courtney, to take us back what is now over 12 months since your accident. Yeah. Um, well, I usually rode on the horses, like the young ones and the ones I was worried about. I rode in the helmet. So this horse, I usually rode in the helmet because he was six years old. And this day was late, and I was in the work to go to the horse show, and the horse never did anything naughty before, so I didn't bother to go get Muhammad. And so when I was on him, he didn't do anything naughty. He just tripped and fell on me. So um, it goes to show the unexpected has to be expected. He, and... Um, I didn't fall off. We have a video of it, and you just tried to fell. So I felt sorry for the horse because he was traumatized. He was uh, yes, I'm sure he was traumatized as as well. 
Do you, do you actually remember anything of it, or when you see the video, does does that then bring back a memory of the accident itself, Courtney? No, I don't remember from three days before. And that day, one of my horse's owners, that they had them for two years and then never even seen them before. And they came that day to watch them, and I don't even remember that. So your first memories then, at what time during your recovery, because you were in a coma, of course, for a very long time, we got updates from your good friend, Lendon Gray, who, of course, is a good friend of the Dressage Radio Show too, Courtney. Uh, do you remember her visits to you in those early days? Um, well, I don't remember anything from when I was in a coma for a month. But then after I really gradually came out of it, I didn't just one day wake up like and remember. Like, it was a very gradual process. So I think maybe my memory started to come back a little bit after six weeks. And at first, there were certain things I didn't remember all like my brother's wedding in the World Cup, and they just gradually came back. And also, when I was in a coma, I had a dream about myth, and when I came out, Jason said, I asked about myth, and I thought he was alive. I didn't remember he was dead. So I felt really sorry for Jason having to relive the whole thing again. That, of course, is Methilius you're referencing there, Courtney, one of your Grand Prix horses. And your good husband, Jason, who was with you, continues to be by your side through all of this. And we're going to hear from Jason a little bit later on in the show. But first of all, Courtney, I'm sure our audience around the world who have been following your story Day by day, and of course, you know that you now have fans everywhere around the world. It's been an amazing response to your tragedy, but the support that you've got from it has been enormous. And I'm sure everyone will want to know, how are you now? Well, I'm getting a little bit better every day, but nothing is dramatic. So I kind of like, I thought I'd come to Florida and be independent and be driving and showing by the end. And now, when they first told me it would be a long time, I figured, like, about two months. And that was a long time to me. Now I realize that a long time is not months, it's years. So I said that... Um, I won't be able to go for the 2012 games, but I plan to be competitive by the 2016 games. So now, like, I still need help walking, and obviously my speech isn't great. So um, I'm still not... I'm very much improved, 
from uh, was a year ago is much better than sleeping, but I'm still mm-hmm. like not even close to normal. And you're having regular therapy now. You continue to have physical therapy, speech therapy, and, and all of these things on a regular basis, do you, Courtney? Yes, I have speech and occupational therapy and physical therapy three times a week, and one time aqua therapy and three times hypotherapy. And I have a treadmill that I go on at home and I do pottery, so I'm pretty full on trying to get better. Well, it's a very intense program of therapy here, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because I know horses are involved in that therapy, but let's just take a short break. Omega Alpha Pharmaceuticals creates only natural health products. Their scientists, guided by Dr. Gordon Chang, formulate a wide variety of mainly herbal health products to address many equine health problems. And I have on the line here Kyle Carter, who is an international eventer and well-known throughout the eventing world, who uses Omega Alpha products. Kyle, I understand that you started using uh, Omega Alpha about a year ago. Yeah, I've, I've been using it for about a year and have noticed a remarkable difference in the horses that have been on it. And then um, if, they've, if they've come off of it, the horse's health always has been better on it. Um, it's one of the few supplement companies that I wholeheartedly believe in. Well, thank you, Kyle. You know, Omega Alpha brings consumers the perfect marriage of nature and science. Look for all of their products at retailers nationwide or visit their website at omegaalpha.ca. That's omegaalpha.ca. Well, Courtney, you explained all the different forms of therapy that you're having now, which sounds like a pretty intense program, something every day. Tell us a little bit about those. And you mentioned hippotherapy and aquatherapy. Does that mean you have to get in the pool on a regular basis? And, and, and how does that feel? Yes, I get in the pool once a week. And I do so like walking in the pool, walking backwards, walking sideways, like doing splits with loss on the moms. So... It feels good because I'm comfortable in the water, but if no one were there to help me, I just go around in circles. <laughs> because my left arm would work and my right one won't. And I do hypotherapy and um, I go to Vince Ramos once a week. And I ride a horse called Tommy, which I absolutely adore. And I'm really, like, I think the people at Vince Ramos are perfect. They're so nice and knowledgeable. I'm so impressed. And we just started there's a horse that falls with me who's very quiet. So I had the people from Vince Ramos come out and see if she'd be a good therapy horse for me and she was wonderful so i gone two times and ridden her too so when we go back up north they taught my grooms and 
um, working students how to to help, like lead me and stuff, and I know the exercises to do. So when we go back up north, I still be able to ride three times a week. So that makes me very happy emotionally as well as being good physical therapy. Well, you mentioned when you go back up north, that's right now you're in Florida still, are you in Wellington? Yeah. Yeah. And soon soon it'll be too hot for you down there, Courtney, so you'll have to go and cool off in the north. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where Where is home? Tell our listeners where home is in the north. Um, my barn is in Melbourne, New York. Sorry, Melbourne, New York. New York. Okay. So you're big close to the big apple. And how many horses do you have at the moment down in Wellington that will go back to to New York with you? Um I think um I I have well I have Tandan here and I think when I go back up I have 13. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about your horses in the barn a little bit later on, but I just want to come back to the therapy that you were doing. And when you got on a horse again, Courtney, I know obviously this was emotionally a huge help to you and, and, well, physically, emotionally in so many ways, I'm sure. Was this something that you picked up as part of muscle memory or was it a very conscious thing when you got back on the horse? How, how did that feel to you? Well, um, I'm still not very good, <laughs> uh, but um, know what we tried to um, tap into was muscle memory. So who knows what my muscles remember? I know when I was in a coma down here, London brought in a wing for me and Jason was still trying to get me to communicate, and here's Lyndon teaching me to follow. So um, he was very impressed with that work. So who knows how much muscle memory comes into play, but um, I, um, I have to really think about everything. That must have been quite a discipline for you because, as you said, the muscle memory would be there and handling something like a pair of reins, which is so familiar to you, it must have been an extraordinary journey for you, just that making that connection again and as part of the therapy, but also as part of your emotional healing, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm really glad, like, I started table therapy up north as soon as I could be on my feet. And I'm so glad I started so early because I wasn't afraid of a horse at all. And I think if I waited him now, I'd be terrified. <laughs> so now that I've done it plenty of times, I had no fear, but if I waited till now and didn't do it, I'd be scared. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that t- 
time lapse would have made that difference to you psychologically, Courtney? Do you, do you have any sense of reasoning behind that? I think I'm just more cognizant. So because I'm kind of more aware and I had more time to think and process, like it built up. So in the beginning, I just wanted to be around horses. I didn't have time to think of what could happen. Now I have to have time to think of all the dangers. And at first, I didn't think I'd drive again because my, when I asked my neurologist, he said, yeah, you can ride again, but if you hit your head, it will be not two times as hard to come back, but five times as hard to come back. And it wasn't easy this time. So I thought, um, I won't ride again. And I have a degree from Columbia in case anything ever happened. And so I thought, okay, now I use a degree. And then I thought a few hours about what else I would do. And I think after a couple of days, I realized there's nothing else I want to do. So I stopped on the helmet and go. And do you have any apprehension at all about being round horses? You said that you are still having difficulty with your walking. So that obviously it could be a hindrance or when you're around the barn if you needed to move away from a horse quickly. But does any of that come into your psyche now and thinking of, of being of anticipating and being cautious around horses or does do your instincts take over? No, we're um we're always really careful. So I never worried. Like we're always very careful and because I will hold my right hand funny when I go up and pat the horses, they always think I have a treat in righty. So we're worried that we're just gonna get bitten. But so far so good. <laughs> so which side is it that you uh, still have that disability, Courtney? On my right side, but my left side of my brain take the impact, which is best for my whole brain, but the left side was more injured, so my right side is not good. And as part of your therapy, do you do any form of art? I know art has often been used for therapy or, or to get you to do any writing. Is that a possibility now, or is that in the future? Um, I do, well... I practice writing with Reiki and but I'm drawing with him and stuff that is good fun motor that's familiar familiar but I also have started summoning my artist friend Jackie say she recommended I do pottery which I've never done. So I do a lot of pottery work, like it's both hands at once and um, stimulating your creative part of your brain. So it's fun and also it's 
part of the therapy. So is the family kitchen now full of little pots and saucers and pans and things, things that you have made? Are you developing your own pottery collection now? Can we expect you to be selling this on your website anytime soon, Courtney? Yes, I'll sell to on eBay, but um, they're mostly up here now. I make them as presents for people. So I don't keep any, make any for me, but I make them as gifts because as, um, I appreciate so much what some people have done for me and I can't repay them anyway, so I just make them pottery. Well, what a wonderful way of giving back. And we want to, of course, talk about your horses, Courtney, who you have now. And I know that you have your assistant trainer taking care of them, Jennifer Marchand. We want to hear about that in just a second. But let's just uh, hear about one of our sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show. Glenn the Geek here. I was involved in equestrian retail for a long time, and I know one of the problems that we always had and always the complaints that we always had was from men saying there's just not enough men's options in clothing and riding boots and gloves and jackets and, and pretty much anything is, was always geared, especially in the eventing world, to women's. Well, now you can find a selection. You can find a huge selection of men's items at equestriancollections.com. They have show and casual apparel, riding boots, thermal gear, gloves and jackets. They basically can cover you from head to toe. So if you're a guy out there and have always had that problem where you can't find products you want, check out equestriancollections.com. They have a ton of different brands. They have a ton of different styles you're going to like what you find at equestriancollections.com and now you can get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more just by using the coupon code horse radio when you check out just put horse radio in the coupon code all one word horse radio and you'll get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more so find all of your men's products all the things you need guys at equestriancollections.com I have to ask you, are you into this technology? Are you, you, do you have an iPhone? Do you play with computers? Is this, is this something that you enjoy doing or is it part of your therapy too? Well, I like writing, but um, one of my friends gave me an iPad because maybe it would be easier to use with Lefty because it would be old one. I was making very good friends with the delete button. So the iPad is much easier to use with Lefty. And my husband loves it because it's good with the internet too. So we both use it and we plan to get the new one and have me have the new one and him have the old one. Well, that sounds about right. You to have the new one with all the new toys as well. Of course, uh, there are so many apps there that are fun for uh, any rider. And that, of course, is one of them there that from uh, Equisketch, uh, some great apps there for you to remember and learn the dressage tests when you get to that point, Courtney, in your rehabilitation. Let's talk about the horses that you have. You said you have several horses down there in Wellington, Florida that will travel back up north 
to upstate New York when you're ready. Um, and Jennifer Marchand is your assistant trainer there taking care of them and has been, I think, throughout this past year. Tell us about the horses that you have. Um, I have two young ones, well, now six and seven. But um, I got when they were three, and they're, um, I hope to have the future showing them. And we have uh, Savio'd for Jen and um, several others that have been with me long term. So Jen wears them and trains them, and um, she's doing a great job. And I'm so happy to still be overseeing their training. Hopefully, they'll be ready when I'm ready. <laughs> so how much time do you spend in the barn now visiting? Do you visit visit them each day as your schedule allows? No, because before I was going out and teaching every day, like six or eight horses. But after I had the seizure, I realized I needed to back off. And I wasn't willing to give up any therapies, so I go to the barn to teach once a week. And I teach maybe eight horses. And um, now I go three times a week, and two of the times I just ride the horse Roxy. And one time I ride her, and then teach my students. So you're keeping very, very busy with that and with all the other activities. I know that you also had a nice vacation recently, didn't you, in New Zealand too? Yes, it was perfect. Like, uh, it was really good for me to have to relax for a while. But then when I was done with the vacation, I was really ready to get back nose back to the grandstone. <laughs> so uh, back in full swing here. Well, I know that uh, your partner, your husband, Jason, has been uh, the rock beside you throughout all this. And so we really wanted to have him come on the show. So let's hear from Jason. Let's get him on the line. Hello, Jason. This is Chris Stafford, and I have your wife, Courtney, on the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Hi, babe. Hi, Court- Courtney. Can you oh, hear Jason? Hi. <laughs> I thought you were babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, we were in conversation here, of course, with Courtney, the first time that she has come on the show to tell her story, and you've been such a major part of that. And watching her progress now to the point that you're confident to leave her in Florida while you go back to your day job. Yeah, you know, someone's someone's got to keep the keep the money coming in. Unfortunately, I wish I could be with her, but uh, she's got a great um, great support team down there in Florida, and they're they're doing a super job looking after her. And you, of course, have been an enormous support throughout all this, Jason. When you look back on those last twelve months, do you pick out any particular milestones in that journey that? that are very vivid to you now, or is it just a process that you've been been through with Courtney? 
Yeah, I think it's it's very much a process. Um, you know, the the the, the uh, progress has been very very steady throughout. Um, I mean, there was definitely the the first um, the first time that it was very clear that she was um, out of the coma. Even though she she came out of the coma very slowly, but the first time there was really some true human interaction, um, which was her basically making a joke. Uh, about what she was going to name a uh, stuffed miniature dachshund that was given to her. Um, and the joke was made on a letterboard because she couldn't speak at the time, so it was <laughs> it was a process. Um, but that, that stands out to me a lot because that was the first moment that I knew Courtney was back. And during all this time, of course, you, you, you had to give up your job, I guess, to be with her down there in Florida for the, for the initial time, and then she was transferred, of course, closer to home. That must have been very challenging in terms of all the rest of your responsibilities too, it, it, a complete life-changing period, of course, in your life as well as in Courtney's. Yeah, without question. I mean, the challenge was just getting through through the task at hand. Um, the focus, you know, my, my company was very supportive and they let me take the time off um, while she was down in Florida. And, you know, at that point, um, the way that I got through it best I could was just to focus on, on Courtney's well-being. Um, so that was just 100% where, where I was mentally. Courtney, were you aware that Jason was with you so much of this, where, where, at what point did you realize that he was by your side the whole time? Well, to me, it just seemed normal. When I was awake and he was there, it just seemed normal. I didn't learn until afterward that he was with me so much. And even though I don't remember it, and it doesn't like affect me when I'm awake, I'm sure that the love he showed really helped me in the coma. So I may not remember it, but I'm sure I thought it. Well, Jason, of course, during the time that Courtney was in that coma, there was an enormous, and continues to be, of course, but most impactful at that time was the response from not just the dressage community and friends and family, obviously, but around the world, people who didn't know Courtney but knew the name and were struck by this accident in the way that it could happen to anyone. And you, of course, filtered through all, went through all that mail and and the well-wishers. That must have been pretty overwhelming and emotional to see that response. Yeah, it was a, the response was truly amazing. Um, it was definitely something that I knew Courtney would appreciate, um, and I, you know, I'm sure that she felt it. People were reading emails and and cards and things to her when she was in the coma, and uh, then to wake up and and you know see the response firsthand with the the number of cards, the number of emails, and the, just the the constant support from the entire community. Um, Definitely was was very very impressive. I I personally couldn't go through all of that myself. There was a lot of people helping to um, to put that together. Now, how have you saved all this material, uh, the cards and the, the well, all of those gifts? And do you have them all in one place? I mean, how how are you storing them now? Because there must be so much material. 
Yeah, we've uh, yeah, and we've been moving a lot. You know, you go, you sort of do do. You had it all stored in her room at the hospital, and then um, at Kessler. Then we moved to the hotel, and and they all went with her there. And then, uh, but right now they're just basically uh, in storage here at our house. Um, at some point, but we'll. I'm on one of Jason's friends came over from New Zealand or now is down here in their coma and he made cheese huge bundles with pictures of me on the front and he um, printed all the emails and put them in the bundles. So when I came to, I had two huge bundles of emails to go through was uh, like I can express how much help me. Like I spent weeks waiting the emails, all like to get the demo, and it was so touching. An enormous response, which of course must have helped you emotionally and spiritually on this journey to both of you. But Jason, knowing your wife the way you did before the accident and watching her through this journey now, is there any of this that surprised you in her determination to come back to where she was before and the journey that she's taking and the determination and strife that this is involving? No, quite frankly, it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of expected of Courtney as amazing as it is it's, when you know her as well as I do you you kind of expect that sort of determination and drive and obviously we didn't know how she was going to come out of the coma and if it would still be there but you know once we realized she's she was coming back pretty much as she was mentally then there was no question that um, she was going to be driven and focused and uh, you know, what's amazed me is, is the great sense of humor she's had throughout as well and just the, the minimal frustration that she's shown given the circumstances. Uh, it's, all, it's all very, very impressive. Courtney, when you look back on the journey of the past year, does any of that at any time make you think, gosh, this is awfully hard work? I don't know if I've got the, the patience, the determination, do you know, to, to get even further than you were before. I mean, that is a huge human effort, but you've never questioned yourself. No, I never questioned myself when um, everyone said, um, like, um, how impressive it was that I always did everything to get better. And that was just like... um, how can you not do everything to get better? You want to get better, so you do everything you can. And then when when I saw Nick and Randy Foo's graves, I got very sad for the first time. And um, I thought for the first time, I'm sick of working on myself all the time, like, I'm tired of having to work on myself all the time, and that lasted a good um, three hours. Well, Jason, now that Courtney has come as far as she has, is that there... That a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jason... You laugh. <laughs> I, I wonder, Jason, if... 
you now at this point watching Courtney's progress, is there anything that surprises you or you just think this is just this is Courtney and there's totally she's unstoppable and nothing's going to surprise me now what happens from here on? Yeah, I think it's kind of it's a little hard to be shocked um, having, you know, having spent the last sort of 10 years with Courtney, um, seeing her focus and determination that, that did get her as, as high as it did in the sport. It's, it's, it's the same thing. She's applying it to a completely different set of circumstances. She's applying it to you know, getting herself better and, and um, healing and, and recovering. But it's the same focus and determination that, that she applied to, to reaching the Olympics. Well, we are going to talk a little bit more to Courtney about some other things that are happening as a result of all this after our next commercial. And I know that you have to go back to work, Jason. So I want to give you the opportunity on the show now to extend any message to the people that have been following Courtney and your story over the last year. Uh, yeah, I definitely would just like to say you know, thank you very much to the entire horse community for for all the outpouring of support, um, financial, emotional, otherwise. Um, Courtney's family and friends have been a tower of support, her, her clients and the team at the barn. Um, just just everyone's pulled together uh, to make it a lot easier than than it, than it should be, really. So I, I definitely would like to say thank you to everyone. And, um, Courtney, I love you very much. Well, Jason, thank you very much for taking time out to join us in conversation today. And uh, we're going to be back with a commercial and then some more conversation with Courtney. So thanks again, Jason. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop show know that Helena and I just love Uncle Jimmy's and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that is why they have taken off like they have. Of course, it all started with Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls for use in the stalls, and then came squeezy buns. We know you need to reward your horse outside of the stall as well. That is why Uncle Jimmy developed Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they are individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the Squeezy Buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. Learn more about all of Uncle Jimmy's products or to find a dealer, visit uncle-jimmys.com. That's uncle-jimmys.com. Well, I'm back with my special guest this week, Courtney King Dye. Are we calling you Courtney Dye now? As uh, because people, are, I guess, are so used to calling you Courtney King Dye, Courtney. Well, my name uh, on my passport is Courtney Dye, but um, people call me Courtney King Dye, so that works as well. Okay. Well, as I said, I want to just talk about some of the things that have happened since your accident, that it has raised awareness about the use of helmets, of course, and a lot of people have referenced you in this way, and in a way that they are now using a helmet, and they have known people that have been saved from serious injury themselves 
because they are now wearing a helmet and they use your accident as as the reference and a turning point in their own um, principles, if you will, of making sure that there are always helmets worn when they're on a horse. And I know Riders for Helmets is one campaign. There are so many people that are moving towards this. It's becoming a cha- it's become a change in the rules in this sport in this country, of course, both by the U.S. Equestrian Federation, the U.S. Dressage Federation. Would you, Courtney, wish this to be the legacy of, that is so often said, something good has become of a tragic accident that infect, yeah. affected you? Well, I really love what Lauren Samus said in Nancy Jaffer's article. If um, people don't wear helmets, then my accident is just a tragedy. So, because um, people are wearing helmets and there's um, a positive reaction to it, it makes my accident seems seem like there's a point. So it makes me feel good because it um it takes a very good rider, known rider to be injured and to make safety uh, uh um um I um it paid attention to and I can handle it because I'm strong enough and I'll be fine anyway. So um, why not me? Um, I'm just glad that I made everybody safety conscious because I'm just proof that the unexpected has to be expected. My horse didn't do anything wrong. I didn't fall off. I I was a good rider, and I still got a brain injury. So you just have to be as safe as you can. Courtney, you will be aware, of course, that there are still riders, top riders, very accomplished riders, that are resisting wearing a helmet for the reasons of fashion, or just personal preference, what would you say to these people, as good as they may be as riders, because they, like you, are are role models for the younger generation and to set an example. So what would you say to these colleagues, friends that resist wearing a helmet, despite what you've gone through? I wouldn't say anything to them because I'm not just mental. But I just think that making a wool is good, so they have to without making their choice to, because um, every FAR rider is a role model, whether they know or not. People are watching, and they're responsible for more than just them and their loved ones. So uh, if what they do impacts people, what other people do, then they should set a positive example, which is wearing a helmet. So I, I don't, um, I don't say it or judge them personally, 
but I just think it would be really great if it were made wool and we didn't have a choice. Well, certainly, I think there certainly is a tra- change in trends, Courtney, since you have accident, your accident, and uh, that has brought about the change in the rules as well, and a change in the fashion trends too. That it is becoming more common practice for more people than it used to be to put on a helmet whenever they're getting on a horse, and I know that as I mentioned, one of those campaigns has been riders for helmets, and they are actually actually holding a fundraising for you to raise money for you to help with your medical costs, which are, of course, ongoing. Tell us about that project. Well, on my insurance, they stopped paying because I already used up all my therapy that they would pay for. So because I still have a couple years of therapy, Brothers for Hummus is doing a fundraiser, which I think is a great idea. It's called Give Up a Treat. And the idea is that um, anyone gives up one treat a week. It may be a latte or Coke, one treat a week, and donates the money to my medical fund, which I think is a great idea because it also makes me feel like less of a burden. I hate asking for money, so this is uh, it makes me feel okay about it. And I, I'm, I just am so grateful that Sharon Parker came up with the idea and writers for how much Lindsay White is making it happen. So um, they're trying to work out how to use PayPal, but they said right now the best thing is to just sign the check into the medical trust because PayPal so far, what they found is that um, they, they take tax out of it. So a chunk of your donation where you go to the government. So they're trying to find a way that is tax-free. Well, we will, of course, put a link on our website, Courtney, to their link for this fundraising effort. Give oh, up a treat on riders, you. You, absolutely, ridersforhelmets.com. Well, Courtney, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week and telling your journey, your story. It's been an enormous inspirational journey to so many people. And we want to wish you all the very, very best with your continued recovery, rehabilitation and return to the saddle and no doubt in a competitive way before much longer. Thank you, Chris.